Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au and our mates at hungover.net.au. Feel your worst while looking your best. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And round one is done and dusted, so we will review that and uh, have a look at what we've got coming up in round two. But before we get stuck into that, Corey, where can listeners see this on social media? Find us on Twitter at SC Elite, on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. Uh, this is the time where I really start to miss Bretta Bumps. Why? Oh, because, you know, we come into the round, some kind of dismal performances in there. We always had Brett picking us up with some, you know, real great week. Hey, did you have a look at his? Uh, did you have a look at his team? He tweeted us on Twitter. Actually, his, his team is shit, <laughs> and I'd be curious to see how much it scored. But it is like honestly pathetic. Is is probably an overstatement. You can actually check his team. You're in the league with him. Am I? Yeah. Well, did oh, he did you? <laughs> didn't even know that. See, that's how much attention I paid that off for. Uh, oh, well, oh, well, how'd you go this week anyway, mate? Well, I scored about mid-2000s. Um, two, no, not even, actually. What did I score? 2016. Jesus. Um, no, that wasn't too good. But you know what? I actually felt like um, I had a pretty good week, to be honest. I think just uh, my captain in, in Max Gorn obviously let me down. Um, and just a few other bits and pieces that I kind of had on field that obviously weren't too impressive as well. But, I mean, my lowest scoring players were kind of like... Walsh and Setterfield, and and Dersma, Scrimshaw, these types, but they're all pumped out, you know, sixties, and I'm actually pretty happy with that. Right, you have to be, you have to be yeah. happy with what the rookies put out. I uh, scored nineteen eighty nine. Took Clayton Oliver as captain, so if I'd kept it as Max Gorn, I would have gone over two thousand, and yeah. it just it felt so much worse just being just under. I was going into the last day with Whitfield and Collins. And I was on like you know high eight, uh, yeah eighteen something, and I was just like, oh wow, these two should combine for one twenty and we'll be home and or one thirty or one forty whatever I needed. And Collins put out twenty seven and the rest was history. So well, he was probably the disappointing rookie of, of the pack. There, I didn't even mention him because uh, he's currently not sitting on my field. So I just, <laughs> he's almost uh, the forgotten man of my round one team. I've already taken him off, but. Yeah, he was on he was on field for me, and yeah, he was he was very very disappointing. Oliver two seventy one. How about those rucks? Gorn eighty seven. Grundy eighty one. Um, yeah, just all a little bit underwhelming. Oh, we'll have to talk about them. Um, did you start Parker? Uh, not on field. No, I had yeah, Drew in centre field and uh, Darcy Moore. So when I saw seventy seven, sixty nine, one hundred three from those three, I was pretty too. happy. And then Parker goes eighty seven. So I'll give you the biggest. You know my story. It was uh, Thursday night. <laughs> whether I'll go Parker or I'd risk Bolter, I wasn't really too sure about Parker's um, role in the team. I knew he had the job security. Really thinking about it hard. And then a bloke that I'm mates with come over to watch the footy, bring a bottle of wine. The label was black and yellow, and the wine was called Bolter. <laughs> The, the guy I'm drinking with does not play Supercoach either. Oh, uh, and no. the rest yeah, is history. Yeah, I could not do it. So, Noel Bolto is a late in for Parker. Uh, didn't field him, though, so that was all right. Um, and we've always got room for correctional trades, which is what most of next week's podcast will be about. Um, but, yeah, you spoke about the Ruckman. Funny thing I'm having a look at right now, Bumps, is most traded out um, from your side. Sam Collins, 4,000 teams. Noel Bolter, 2,270. <laughs> Clayton Oliver, 2,169. Brody Grundy, 1,114. Libertore, 858. Have people lost the plot? Um, look, I think this might be a lot of rage trades, and, and I'm hoping that people who are in that situation, they press reverse and, and kind of just stick with them. And see how it all pans out. You can't be trading now, especially those primos. It's the biggest waste of a trade, the round one trade. Unless you, unless you've got like an Alex Rams, then there's no point trading this week. And even in that situation, with league games commencing in round three, I'd probably even hold off a week. And I get the people that are frustrated at Collins and Bolter and things like that. 
But what's to say that they don't go out and score 100 next week and Parker drops 20? That's right. I mean, the sample size isn't enough. Round two is always correctional trade round. You get another look at him. You know, Parker comes out and scores 80 again next week. You don't have him. You pick him up. Um... You know, same with Collins. He could come out and absolutely tear next week a new one and drop a 90, and, and we're all laughing again. You don't know who's going to get injured. You don't know what's going to happen. I just think that it's a game of patience. We don't have enough trades. Is something that we uh, that we absolutely drum uh, beat. What's the word saying? Something to beat, beat the drum. Beat the drum home, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, we, you, you can't be doing those things. I don't think it. No, no, I don't think you just can't be trading now. You, you've got next week. You've got two next week. You don't want to trade two this week and then go two again next week. You're four trades down in two rounds. You haven't even played a league game. Nah, it's it's, nah, it's not a good strategy. Not a good strategy at all. We got two next week, and we'll see what happens. But potentially we use two next week. But this week we certainly don't move a thing unless we get in the season-ending injury. But like I said before, mate, um, even if I had rents, I'd probably even hold off on a week because the bloke you might bring in might get injured next week and then all of a sudden you've used two trades in that one position and you're running into your first league game. Yeah. Now, I, I actually strongly agree with that. And I was even going to say, obviously we are recording earlier in the week, but say a Balter or a Petrocelli, Atkins, one of those players gets dropped, you still don't want to, you still don't want to be trading them yet. You still want to wait till next week so you get that clear outcome of who to get. Because there was a couple of players, you know, that a lot of teams don't have as well that that could pop up next week and do really well. I think Wilkie played um, okay on the weekend. I mean, what if Corey Wagner gets another run at it and drops one twenty? Like, you just have to wait. You've got to be patient. You cannot be trading this week. Yeah, I agree with you on that. All right, so we've drummed that in enough, you reckon? I would have thought so. If I don't get it now, they probably never will. Okay, beautiful. Uh, another sub story here. Um, the, the good old Nathan, Nat Fife train. I mean, I knew that what would happen. I knew he was going to go huge round one. I did say if you're playing for overall, you could not pick him. So, kind of, I'm not playing for overall, but kind of hurt watching him go out and go 150 round one. And, and, and we spoke about this before the season started. When we watched Nat Fife go 150, 150, 150, how bad are we going to want to be picking him up? Um... And then the other one, I don't know if you listened to the live pod that we done on Friday once. No, when, I didn't know. When Callie was Thursday, ruled out, by the way. Uh, Thursday, yeah, when Callie was ruled out just before that, I said Cornelio is probably one of the most important players you can go pick up in Supercoach right now. I didn't mm. get him. So, yeah, eat my own words. And you know that a couple of days before that, when we were having a bit of an uh, offline session, even I was fought with uh, Cornelio on my team, wasn't I? And, yeah, um, and Dom Asheed too. I was flirting with Canilio and, and Domasheed, and I didn't end up with any of them. And I, I went uh, Dusty and Crouch. I wasn't disappointed with because they combined for about two fifty for me. Yeah, you got to say too. With, Matt Crouch, that is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought Brad played an excellent game, so ninety one's a little bit. Ugh. Yeah, look, he's he's um his uh, stats stats line was good, wasn't it? He had twenty eight and two goals or something like that. I don't know if we've done um, team reveals and that sort of stuff. Should we uh, should we walk through that for those that might think? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to go through, that's probably a good idea. So, yeah, I'll go through what I've got here. So I started with uh, Lloyd Whitfield, Brody Smith, uh, Collins, Clark, and Dersma were my on-field players last week. Um, Scrimshaw and Hall on bench. Yeah. Um, I had Just next line. Go line by line. Line by line. Go for yeah, because yeah. I was Laird, Whitfield, Brody Smith, Scrimshaw, Clark, Dersma, Collins, and Hall. Did you did you field no, no, field I fielded uh, Collins over Dersma okay. stupidly. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, I had uh, Cripps, Oliver, Martin, uh, Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, Liver, Walsh, Constable, and then Butters, Bailey, Scott, and I ended up with Gibbons as my last midfield spot. So no Atkins for you, no? I, I didn't go Atkins, uh, no. Yeah, because I was Cripper, Oliver, Neil, Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, Liver. Walsh, Constable, Scott, Atkins, Gibbons. So I miss Butters. Mmm. Gene Butters, um, he was doing a few good things as well. Look, I think Atkins Atkins could be one of my correctionals next week, but look, the reasons we went for Gibbons, I spoke about this in the preseason, is I was just really curious what was going to happen with him with uh, for Solo into the team. I thought he would have pushed up the ground a bit, and um, 
yeah, 35 seems a bit underwhelming. But I think for me, he'll be that heartbeat player that I'm never going to have to field that might just kind of sit there for a long period of time for him. It's a bit disappointing. Is next week Scott... Oh, wait, we'll talk about it probably in the back end. Is Scott starting on your field over Constable? No. No, you're still going with Constable over Scott? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Rapline, I went with uh, I went with Grundy, Gorn, and I went with the uh, the Dogs player, uh, Sweet, there at 102 game. Yeah, I was Grundy, Gorn, and Bynes. Um, and then forward line, Dane Jackini, Dunkley, Darcy Moore, Setterfield and Drew with Petrocelli and Parker on bench. We clearly spent way too much time together over this preseason. Dangerfield, Heaney, Dunkley, Moore, Setterfield, Drew, Petrocelli and Bolter. So Bolter next week, most likely my correctional trade. Uh, not this week, next, if he fails to put something out in the park for Parker. So, so we've ended up here, I think, Butters and Dusty... Uh, the two different, and uh, you've got Neil and uh, Atkins. That's what it seems like right now. Yeah, and you've got Lloyd. I've got Laird. Ah, uh, Lloyd and Laird. Um, cool. and obviously Bolter and Bolter and Parker. Parker, yeah. So Parker. Not, yeah. not too much different in the end. No, there's not. And and look, most of those spots are kind of bench spots too. Um, so yeah, captains obviously uh might might come part of it. We'll see how we go. I was absolutely filthy, like, watching the game. Like, started well. I just went and looked at last year. Because um, I didn't have the VC on Cripper. I went VC Grundy. And then watching Clary go out there, and he popped up. I want 127, I think, and 121 or 132, something, on Port last year. So I was like, oh, yeah. you know, safe for 120. Yeah. Clearly Didn't not. Happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and look at... Go. I mean, I spoke about that, that sort of stuff in my captain's article tonight last week. Thought Gorn was going huge. Um, thankfully, though, my number one spot, I did have uh, Nat Five sitting in there. He saved me because the top five last week are actually pretty dismal from the article. I had Gorn, um, who only dropped the 87, Dusty 109, Dangerfield 97, and Cripps with the, the 120 odd. But yeah, Five saved me at number one there, 147. I think Gorn was in hospital a couple of days before they played. I had no idea about that. No, yeah, and they kept that under wraps. Probably wouldn't have impacted uh, my selection of him or my uh, sort of confidence in him on game day, anyways. Because if he passes fifth to play, then he's good to go. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Bubble boys and who am I will be back next week. We're not going to run that segment just yet. Popular, popular segment. Oh, who am I? Always, always good, always good. Um, I think today's going to be a bit more of a quicker podcast because it was more about just getting the fact out that we don't think people should be trading. Um, Probably jump straight into questions, you reckon? Go for it, mate. Ah, beautiful. So we'll go to, almost read out my um, post then. Uh, Daniel Wallace 444 who is sitting in one of our uh, big dog leagues what round 2 score from Grundy or Gorn this week would put them on the chopping block also Collins got to go bring in Wilkie Joyce or Scrimshaw none of the above ask us next week Um, if you're desperate desperate to do something this week um, probably Scrimshaw is the one to get but I would uh, say not to pull the trigger on that. As the reason why I wouldn't pull the trigger on that is because either of the, those three could play this week, and then any single one of them could be dropped the week after. Yep, and, and you, you don't get any coming last what last year. The Cum Express. You went a week earlier. Yep. No. Well, premature as usual. For yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, didn't pay dividends for you, so it never does. <laughs> never going out. So, um, is there is there anything anything Grundy or Gorn could put up that would make you look at chopping one of them? Um, no, probably not. Only only an injury would would force me to do it. But I'll, I'll tell you now, the Ruckman curse, this number one thing, it, it's a thing, and we've said it the last two years. But we, for some reason, we can't bring ourselves not to show the Gahomes, not to select the number one Ruckman from the year before. So. It's going to be interesting to see how this one pans out. I hope uh, Grundy can sort of buck the trend here, but he looked very, very, well, pretty much useless out in the field, uh, I thought, anyways, against the Tigers. I don't know who they played last week. Jeff said Tigers or John against the Cats. And that was disappointing given that they had Stanley there. Like, he was clearly winning hitouts, but, man, to post 81, uh, that's just nowhere near good enough, I think. Yeah, it was a pretty poor first quarter, and... 
it didn't look much greater from there, but uh, what do you do? Um, oh, it's funny when you see people's theories for not picking these players in the comments they posted. Someone, I can't remember who it was, tweeted at us the other day that they didn't pick Grundy just purely off hearing your voice in the back of their head saying, Ruckman, don't go back-to-back. Well, good. You know what? And, and good, because I didn't have the balls to do it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad you did. Look, I'm still going to be happy going. I mean, when the leagues start going head-to-head anyway, if I've got Grundy v. Gorn, say, versus Goldstein, Grundy or Gorn versus Goldstein, I'll be wrapped. I'm putting that down as a win every day of the week. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're confident in taking that, but, I mean, the reality is, is I mean, Ruckman haven't done it two times in a row. It's not since Dean Cox. In, in... 666 playing more of an impact on that Ruck role, or is that just everyone getting too sucked in? Uh, it's everyone looking for excuses for it. Okay. Uh, Benny Osmond, looking at a small sample size, however, what do we predict our first correctional trades are going to be? Do you recommend we can correct recommend we corrective rookie trade after round two? Collins, Bolter, Gibbons, etc. Yeah, so look, the thing is, if, if Gibbons comes out and goes like another 35, and someone's like, someone like an Atkins, you know, posts like another 60 again, I'd probably look to make that switch next week. Um, however, your biggest probably ones that you want to get at this stage obviously look like Bailey Scott, Constable and Drew. Um, I think Dersmer and Clark should have already been in people's sides. Um, so they're absolute locks. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what comes of uh, the conversation around Domasheed next week if either Liberal or Crouch don't, you know, you know, sort of get pummeled by Sheed again and whether or not we've got money to kind of make that move. That's going to be interesting too, I think. Yeah, I think, and I think you do have to, like, you have to wait. What if someone didn't have, say, who went well? Like I said, Scott, Drew, Parker. Like, if they didn't have the three of them, would they then have to go one this week? If they didn't have Drew, Parker, and Scott, gee, I'd be very concerned about their team. But, yes, I would bring in one of them. The one I would bring in would be Drew, first of all. And that's not because he was the equal high scorer out of them. It's the fact that he's a forward. It's, I feel like his job security is really safe. I can't say the same about Bailey Scott. Um, I think Parker's job security is safe, but I think Drew will have the, the bigger scoring output given his role in the team. I think Drew's the most important as well, just because where he lined up, but Bailey Scott mm-hmm. just bought himself another five weeks in that team. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting because uh, didn't, did Cunnington get cited? I don't know if we've heard news about whether he's suspended or not, but... He might be the first victim of this uh, sort of jab or punch for something behind the play. So wouldn't make a um, difference anyway. North was shit, and, Cunning- and Scott was their best player. There's no way. He's yeah. That team. Mm. Um, Andrew Dot Taz very early to tell, but Bolter sputtered it up. So say he doesn't get named, and you don't have Parker. Do you just burn the trade and get Parker? And if he is named, do you give him another week, as he's only harmless on my bench, and pull the trigger next week for more scores? I'll, uh, I'll guarantee you he'll get named. And the reason I say that, big presser man, uh, as the listeners probably come to know from the Bombs Express, but Hardwick was uh, optimistic that they can't cover Rance to the degree that uh, he feels Rance influences the team and that sort of stuff. But he said they, that they do have options, and potentially one of those options is Noel Bolter because of his flexibility within the team. So um, we may even see him get swung around to the back line and, Potentially that may do better things because, look, I think an intercepting type of player in the back line is going to be a much better scorer than a really raw uh, sort of key position forward line player. His athleticism was unreal, man. Like uh, there was a, there was a, I think it was a contest during the third quarter where he went up for the ruck, hit out, sort of hit it forward, followed up and ended up picking up the ball and sort of surging the ball forward as well. Like his athleticism was a, uh, was absolutely incredible there. So I think we're definitely going to see Bolton in the team this week. Yeah, I would probably be shocked if he was dropped as well. I mean, he wasn't great. He didn't do a whole bunch, but he was obviously selected round one for a reason he, to play that swingman role. And and I don't think I don't know if that if Garthwaite is a hundred percent fit either. No, don't worry about Garthwaite. Don't be foolish. He um he had fifty two percent time on ground as well. So I, I'm not sure what that's about. If I was concerned about anything, I'd be concerned about the time on ground. Was he injured? I mean, at no stage during the game did I hear any of the commentary team or did I appear on fan footy with a band-aid. I don't think he was injured. The, so the if, only thing I could think of was that hit that Dale Thomas had on him early in the game. 
if it rocked him maybe a little bit, but he went back and slotted the goals. So yeah, so look, it'd be interesting to see what happens. He had five. He had sort of had like five big sort of stuff ups in the game as well. You know, looking at the statistics here, um, as as well as three free kicks against. So when you factor all of that into his score of eighteen, and he cleans a lot of those stuff ups up, all of a sudden that scores you know probably forty ish from fifty percent game time. And you know what, if that's a JLT type score, 40, 40 odd from fifty percent, then you're probably you're probably starting. To be fair, mm. I think you've got to give him another chance this week because I think you'll see something in sixty plus. Hundred percent, you can't cut him. No, not now. No, no, you rolled out. If you got all the other rookies right, you 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 tick the box there. Remember, I think this is the first year we've had a rookie kind of wave start like this. I think yeah, I think there's been a lot of options. Not not this not this year, there's in ever, but like over the last couple of years. Yeah, well, aside from the exception of when sort of Gold Coast GWS entered the team and and the Essendon stuff, we we gifted a few there. Then, yeah, in terms of just yeah, all that sort of everything else being equal, then yeah, this has been a pretty good year for rookies, I think. Yeah, C Dixie, uh, why did I not trust my? I meant to say gut, but it says guy, and start with five. Please reassure me and tell me he does a hammy prior to his buy and I'm okay. No, no, it doesn't do a hammy, um, but I've, I've got it on good authority that he does a car. He'll, uh, <laughs> he won't play the 22. I think that's the only way that you could safely say that you didn't pick him is that was the thought that was running through your head when you were looking at it. Um, I know I went Neil over Fife simply because of that factor. Um, but a man possessed... It didn't help that North Melbourne just putting the ball down his throat, like, constantly. He does get into really good positions, though. There, there was no doubt about it. He was there was so no good. doubt about it. He yeah. was so good. He was probably almost player of the weekend for me. Just He was absolutely amazing. And... Um, yeah, Fife is life and trusted. If you've got him, he's a VC and captain option every week. I wonder how scared some people got when he went down to the bench and got his ankle, a bit of a rub down, walking with the trainer <laughs> halfway through the fourth. I mean, when it popped up on the TV, I was just thinking, oh, my, surely not round one. Not already. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, look, the only reason I didn't select Fife, and this is 100% truthful, was the fact that I'm running Brody Smith Crouch, Liberatore, and more, who I feel are all injury-prone. And I, I, I just couldn't bring myself to bring someone who at some point I thought was going to miss games again as well. We, and we said this. I mean, we gave plenty of warning that you need to understand if you don't have five, the first three rounds were going to be scores like this. Yeah, and, and we were comfortable with that because he was missing. The games we thought he was going to go big, he, he was not going to be... Uh, he wasn't going to be punishing us because we didn't have league games on. So we were happy enough with that. Um, See, so Dixie again. Uh, what's the under slash over for Colin's score or about possessions in this game? I think you need a 60-plus to keeping, especially as it's only one week in the rolling average. Um, yeah, look, I like, the, I like the concept of the one week in the rolling average. I think that's a really good... Um, point to make but I just think what else are you going to get because if you don't go Collins and you know because I've already got Scrimshaw, Clark, Dersmer and Hall so I'm in a situation where you know what am I going to do with Collins am I going to train him down to Burgess like for me that's a waste of a trade am I going to train him to that Wilkes fella from the Saints that's a waste of a trade the only person I think is feasible is to go up to Ridley but where the hell am I going to pull 50k from right now so, for me, it's, it's a hold on Collins and just see what happens. I think, look, we saw enough from the JLT. We know enough from the VFL and the Sandball in the past couple of seasons, or was it the Waffle, rather, um, to know that his intercept game is good enough. And for me, I just take enough confidence in that. I mean, the bloke only had five touches on the weekend. I, I'd be staggered to find out or, or to find him only having five again next week. But I'll tell you what, if he's having 27 points from five touches then I'll tell you, you know, he gets 15 touches at that same sort of scoring rate. He's, he's scoring 70. Must say, too, I think he got knocked out. He took a 
took a heavy hit right at the end of the game as well. So hopefully he's right to, to pull up next week too. But see, mm-hmm. it makes more sense for me because I miss Parker. So I can use, and, and I don't really ideally want to do this, I could use more as a swing. But I do like mm-hmm. a lot of those rookie defenders down back. Um, I could swing more back and, and grab Parker. And that also helps me go givens to Butters if something goes wrong as well, you know, to someone else there. There's a lot of things we have to, to think about in this situation. But... I think I think it's safe to just, and I know it's tough because we love to do it, but not speculate, not yeah. start thinking these things. Wait for it to happen. Be patient. Just relax. Like it's round one. I get it. We've been excited. We've been hanging for the season to come here, but there's so many people that are just like, you know, it's been one round, and it's oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I mean, Fife comes out next week and scores 70 and everyone who's chirping this week isn't here next week. Um, It's not going to happen, but hypotheticals. I mean, Colin comes out and, you know, scores 80 and is intercepting Mark, you know, taking intercept marks and it's not even on your radar. Um, You know, constantly people inboxing the page, like, you know, comments on Twitter, like, how can you start with Grundy, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's been one week of Supercoach. Sit down, relax take a breath and, and get ready to move forward. I'll tell you what, moving, moving back to that kind of Grundy thing as well, I mean, ha, have a look at his, his... I mean, he gave away five free kicks in that game. He didn't do that last year. And those five free kicks, let's say they're worth about 15 points, he would have scored 96 kind of without that. And look, that's an anomaly, those five free kicks. And people are going to say, you can't just take it out. I, I, look, I get that. But what I'm saying is, this is an anomaly. And if you, if you consider that... Then, he's, then the output from his game on the weekend was probably about a 95 to 100 score, which was really his baseline last year, wasn't it? He didn't really drop under 95 well, like at all. Lowest, his lowest score last year was 91, and it came in round one. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not phased by this at all. I'm, like, I'm not phased by the Grundy thing because I, I think that's, look, like I said, I mean, you've got the anomaly of the free kicks there. He still scored kind of mid-90s. He'll still pump out 110s, 120s kind of consistently through the year. But I think people should temper expectations not to expect the scores they got last year. The reality is is that they're not going to get that because that's 2018 and this is 2019. Love it. Um, Damien Rodbard-Bean. Hey, fellows. Damien here. I really like this guy because he's he's uploaded a picture to his little icon on the website. Mm. So... It's good, makes good viewing when I'm reading things out. Uh, thanks again for the great potties. Correctional trade round. Two spuds I need to address. Vardy and Collins. If I trade, plan to bring in rookies. Wilkie and Atkins. I don't know. What was Vardy worth? Um, Vardy playing deep forward in the losing side and spud up big time. However, he might pick up some points next week at home in a winning side. Picked him for structure with binds, but can't. Be, can't abide a sub-30 score. Resting Ruck is always going to have some low scores, but 23 is concerning. Should I wait more, one more round for more data? I'm going to assume Colin Vardy was in the 300s as well. Collins looks like he's playing a shutdown role. Roll the dice and lost on this one. However, we could realistically play an intercept role next week. I'm pretty sure I need to pull the pin on this one, although it may be better to wait till week three. And You've got to wait for the Collins one, but what do we do about Vardy? Oh, oh, do you want to get his price first? He's 306k. I know it's but he's 306k. But I just think, why, why have you done that? I mean, is he in the Ford, do you know? Is he in the Ford? Like, apparently, yeah. he played Ford all last week. I didn't really no, see no, but is he, So if he's in this dude's Ford line, then oh, I'd, I'd be... assume he is. To be honest, I'd be comfortable next week going Vardy down to Darcy Moore. But... Yeah, I mean, if he's a ruck, I mean, I don't know what the hell you've done. No, 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 he's a forward because he's, he's got the swing with Bynes. Bynes is in the ruck. So he's picked Vardy as his uh, ruckman if something goes Yeah, I w- look, I wouldn't have bothered doing that. I mean, I, I don't think there's merit in, in picking that. You're, you're better off getting the donut on the one game that Gorn or Grundy miss because the points you lose between Vardy and potentially another player is going to be far greater than the points you would miss out on by running the donut. We say that's Vardy and Darcy Moore. You've just missed out on 53. But it's been done, so what does he do? Does he wait a week? I think you wait a week, and and I think at that point you go to Darcy Moore. But even if Vardy scores 80, I'd I'd almost be pulling the pin anyway. 
I can't justify a Vardy selection. I, I just can't. What would he need to score? If he, oh, you know, you've got that score in there though, so you could probably roll a little bit of cash out of him if he dropped a high score. I can't see it happening. Yeah, but your pocket seventy k or sixty k by going down some more, he's going to have scores, a much yeah, lower scores, break even. Yeah, getcha, getcha. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think you have to wait the week though, unfortunately. Because mm. where no, you're going, you unless, you go on, unless you're going straight to Darcy Moore now, would you bench him? Would I bench Vardy? Uh, Vardy in place of playing someone else? Yeah. Depends who was sitting on his bench, but if, if you give me the choice to field Parker or Vardy, I'll be feeling Parker this week. I think. Parker played a lot higher up the ground than what I thought he would too. Pressure player, mate. Pardon? Pressure player, pressure around the ball. Yeah, but I thought he was going to be locked into that small forward sitting in the pocket and then pressuring. He was, uh, he, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing I did learn this week, and I'm surprised there hasn't been more questions about it, especially the way you know Domasheed and Rockliffe played. I'm assuming you didn't want to say Rockliffe's name because you're going to feel bad for not picking him. But... The J- we need to pay... The JLT is a great reflection of what we were looking into this season. We probably didn't get enough respect. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you mentioned Tom Rockliffe's name because um, you didn't like the fact that I supported it a week or two ago. Remember that? Yeah. Well, I probably still don't. But how good is he looking? Uh, this is the Rockliffe of all. He looks, he looks injury-free. He is apparently, according to Ken Inkley, he is injury free. And, yeah, and this is the amount of marks, the amount of tackles. This is how Rockliffe accumulates points. Yeah. He was how long does it last? Two notes. Port were good. I'll tell you what, though. I can guarantee you'll be my top five captains this week. Beautiful. Does Dom and Shea just continue to do this? I mean, they, they, they just let him nah. free. He's. he's like, he barely had an impact. Like, after half-time, he barely had an impact on the game. It was pretty good early, but... No, no, no. Look, this doesn't last. I think when you're in the form this guy's in, you kind of just have to accept that for the first month of the year, he's going to do this. So, And you know what? If by week six, by week seven, week eight, he's continuing to do this, then maybe then we have to reassess and consider whether he becomes sort of a breakout player, essentially, and is you know, someone to kind of look to upgrade to. I'd love to see him do this with Gap for me to become confident, though. Until I can I can see that in, in regular season, I'm not going to be able to pull the trigger on this. Uh, Christopher Smallman5, how many people will trade out Gorn and Grundy this week? Too many. You know, saying, and whatever the number is, if it's anything over zero, it's too many. Yeah, agreed. Agree. I'll give that one a like while reading. Any on-field rookie recommendations other than the highest-scoring players from last week? This is a great question. It's from J- Jamie Wiley. Yeah, so, look, I will. Let, look, let's run it through. Um, let's do this with our teams. We'll do this okay. a bit of an exercise, right? So, out of Scrimshaw, Clark, Dersma, Hall, and Collins, I have to field three. I think Clark and Dersma are walk-ups, and then I have to field one of Scrimshaw, Hall, and Collins, I'm going to go with Collins this week again. I, I just, for some reason, I'm just going to back him in to kind of bounce back in and see what happens. Uh, and I'll be going with Scrimshaw because I'm going to go off that same theory that I'm going to back him in because I was massive on him um, if he's holding his spot, to be honest, because mm. he, he, he picked up really well after the second half. Yeah, sure did. Um, look to the midfield. Walsh, Constable, I'm realistically not going to field given. So Walsh, Constable, Scott and Butters. Um, look, it's it's interesting because of the fact that Cunnington's not there. You think there's more points available for North, but I think this just means Brisbane do better things through the midfield. So I won't be fielding Scott, and, I, and I'm comfortable. There's no way I'm ever like benching Walsh. Let's be honest, you boys. And um, Constable will uh, sort of line up at number two there. Yeah, or the second one. That's I'm a tough one. Um, Scott looked so good the other day. Uh, I, I like Constable's efforts to play through in the midfield, but that 85 is obviously a very inflated 85 because he kicked that goal. He actually looked good when he went kind of behind the ball and sat a little bit deeper too. Uh, oh, man, I can't fence it. So at the moment, I got Constable on the field, but that could change very late. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And it'll be between Constable and Scott. But right now, it is Constable. 
I've got yeah. a feeling it would be Scott by the end of the game week, but we'll see where we go. This is the week you can kind of take a risk because it's not going to impact really anything apart from the overall little bit. Um, if you really want to risk it, you, you really want to risk it, you could do something like maybe Scott over Liberatore, but I probably wouldn't suggest doing that. Um, Darcy Moore, Setterfield, Drew, Petrocelli and Parker fighting for five spots. I fielded Moore, Setterfield and Drew last week, and I'll keep that the same this week. Although... Setterfield might be half a chance to be benched, but I don't like the odds of Petrocelli and Parker outscoring Setterfield, but I'm not expecting big things. Oh, nah, that's a lock. I think more Setterfield Drew is the most, the biggest lock throughout the year when it comes to those kind of ro- on-field rookies. Mm. Setterfield looks good, like like 69. Like, I, I love that score, but I think that could be 80s. I'll tell you what, the... the the score of Setterfield there, 69, might have been enough to get the Cum Express up and go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy he wasn't over at one. You got no idea. That means he comes in at some tempted. stage during the year and, oh, uh, yeah, get the look at the Cum Express. And, and when he does come, he'll be coming quickly, Tori. Don't worry about that. so good. Uh, hope that helps. Um, uh, uh, Judd at the nostril. Uh, Judd at the nostril. Um, Cheers, boys. Is Jamie McMillan someone we should actually start considering? Yeah, you know what's you know what's funny though that that huge hundred and forty or whatever it was he had in the um, preseason game, and then he had a week off, and then he's come out with hundred and twenty odd or something like that in game week one. Um, I don't I don't think we consider it this early uh, in the year, but I think it's something to keep an eye on. Are you there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. The- my whole screen just went funny for a second. Um, yeah, McMillan, it's it's crazy. It's definitely someone that I think if you're starting the watch list, you probably just put the put yeah. it in the watch list right now. Um, he looked great. He looked great again. They had a lot of ball down the other end, so he's kind of able to go behind and, and do a little bit there. So, yeah, I'd, I, he's not someone I'd be picking up right now, but he's someone that I'd definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm with you. I'm not sure if you caught my spiel just before, but... I did. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. And, and then it kind of, like, when you finish, come to the end, and then my screen went all funny and I was... Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, we're really running with some white technology for the listeners. It's just kind of what we do. Yeah, it's weird. It's never done that before. Um, And Juddy again, too. He said, by the way, good to see Bonk go big. Bet Bonk's love that one. You know what? I actually do. I, yeah, you know what? I really do, and I was happy for Bonk. You know, on the weekend, I actually thought that was one of the better games I've seen him play. And the thing about what I saw on the weekend was not only did I tip the dogs and was I uh, all for that tip, especially when I started getting close there, but I, I didn't think he was just so lauded and just had people all the way up his ass about how bloody fantastic he is and, and all this sort of shit. No, they kind of just let him be, and I was I was quite impressed with his game on the weekend, to be honest. He's a chance. Um, and now, if you go back to the ins- the podcast we did with the insiders, I got him the top 10 mid this year. I'm, I'm bullish on Bonton Pelly this year. Yeah. And you did too, so I've got to give you credit there. And Because and I even laughed at you, uh, not the fact of the Bont pick, the fact that I was just as shocked as anyone else that you said he could be a top 10 mid. Mate, hey, you've got to keep him in that midfield. But you know what? He's he's flexible. He doesn't when he's forward. He gets he still gets enough of the ball. If he's still playing thirty percent, thirty five percent forward line and can and can kind of hit the scoreboard, then he's still going to rack up twenty five to thirty touches, and and that's kind of generally going to mean a good number. Like one fifty out on the weekend was big. Um, it's obviously inflated because of the the goal he kicked in that game. I mean, you thought Constable's goal was inflated. That was nowhere near as inflated as what Bond did, but. Bond's game, particularly in that play, I mean, he'd won it, he sort of won the ball around the halfback flank as well and pushed forward right to the goal square, ended up getting the kick uh, sort of over the top and, and put it through. It was really magnificent in the last little bit there. Yeah, I loved his game, thought he was super impactful, and I think he'll be one of those ones that will come back to and have a real... Do you remember, was it two years ago? When we traded him in, when he was flying, and then he went and played forward. Yeah, when did shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do think he's one that we'll really keep an eye on and and, and just talk about every single week, and then yeah. eventually pick him and we'll go play forward for the rest of the year and stink it up. 
I'd I, I personally really like the pick. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, James uh, Iper, gents with good quality rookies sitting in the midfield on my bench. Ex- example, Scott and Constable Welsh. Is it worth considering a trade of Liber to Warple next week if they both put up similar scores? The Warple can be my F four, leaving only one rookie on field in my forward line. Example, Drew slash Setterfield. Did he say he has Walsh on his bench? Walsh comes. No, no, no. So like. The fact that you have to bench one of them. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so it becomes a 2v2 situation. So is Warple and, let's say, Scott better than Liberatore and a Ford rookie? At this stage, I'd have to say yes. Yeah, which is during Setterfield. I think, again, it's, there's too much speculation and then you have to watch it. Liber was good. This is mm-hmm. this is the other thing that you have mm-hmm. to talk about. Someone tweeted on the weekend. I loved the tweet. It was a great tweet. And it was, uh, you know, tell me the difference in these two games. You know, and it had McRae's numbers and Libba's numbers next to each other. And they were almost identical. Obviously, McRae, when it counted and more impactful and, and used the ball a little bit better, etc., etc. But Libba had a good game. And eventually, good games do correlate to points. So, it will happen eventually, and I think what I think what um what may have stuffed him up here a bit is the fact that look the dogs were kind of in cruise control, and then Sydney hit back really hard, so they were awarded a lot of points, and then all the points were given to the players who came up in the clutch moments. So Liber wasn't particularly involved during the last quarter or in the clutch moments. Therefore, you only saw a seventy-five from him. But in any other game, uh, you know, sort of a mainstream game where. Either team's kind of winning by anywhere between two to four goals, you know, pretty much throughout the whole game. That's, that's probably a hundred score for me. Okay, well, it's funny. You know, you know how we've been talking Brownlow votes after the games and things like that, just in our little private chat. Mm. Um, I was talking to a Doggies fan that was there on the weekend, and I'm well, not actually a Doggies fan, but he was at the game and, and um, he's messaging me afterwards. And he, he asked me the question as well, and I said, oh, I think Bont's probably polling three and McRae two, and you know, flip it up. And they were saying at the game that they thought Libba was the most impactful, like mm. watching it live at the ground. So that just filled me with confidence having him as well. You know, he, he played well. So I'm, I'm not stressed about Libba. And I think he could put up 80 next week and I'd still happily run him. I wouldn't even think yeah. about trading him. Mm. It's one of those ones that you, you back in and until it, you know, either maxes out cash or does something for you. Yeah. Uh, Matt, if Rocky goes 120-plus again, do you burn a trade... Mm. Or two or three to bring him in before his first price rise. Talk to me next week, but uh, I'd I'd suggest that I really like him. <laughs> I'd probably only be bringing him in though if you're in the situation that I think you'd be in if he went one twenty next week, and that you seriously think he's a keeper at the end of the season and you know can finish top ten. Mm. I would have loved if you started him. You would have been on this podcast so cocky. Yeah, I'm a bit deflated. Look, any other year, I mean, we had Crouch and Donner and Libba, who I was pretty much, gonna, well, I was going to run two out of the three, but let's face it. But if there was any other year where we're not, we weren't gifted so many options like that, he would he genuinely would have come under a lot more consideration. Uh, Tommy Barber, Bolter or Collins captain this week? Bolter or Collins? Um, I'd go with Bolter. I think, uh, I, think, I think, look, if he could double his score, he, he might be in for a 34. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack Williams, four. Hey, lads, just need your opinion on getting Sheed in if he scores well again. Not looking to trade any after round one, but I do think I can go the year without a player scoring like that, not in my team. Just don't know where I could squeeze him in. Um, mm-hmm. His midfield is Cripper, Oliver, Fife, Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, Libba, Walsh, Butters, Constable Scott, Atkins. Now, in that situation, you just avoid him. That's just too bad. Yeah, I agree. Unless you want to move Crouch sideways to him. If you don't see Crouch being that player, that's Brad that is. Mm. But, again, I don't, do, do we speak about this off air or on air? I thought Brad Crouch had a great game. He had 28 yeah. disposals and kicked two. You literally said it five minutes ago. Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> there's no way I could, yeah, really condone it unless you got got 100K and Louis goes shit and you want to go him up. Or an injury, or God knows what. Um, same bloke, also keen on Rocky. <laughs> I actually think the funniest trade this week is people going Oliver down to Rockliffe, or Oliver down to Sheed. I think that's far too. That's far too much uh, downgrade going on there. Oh, man, 
Imagine if Sheed and Rockliffe drop like 70 next week and people bought him in. Mm, you wouldn't be happy. Yeah. Uh, 96485, do I trade Billings for someone like Fisher and then trade Scrimshaw for someone cheaper and then with that money upgrade Liberty Rocky? I think that's next week. Mm, How can you be even considering using three trades? Deal, deal with that next week. Don't don't do three and just don't do any. Uh, don't do any this week. I think that's that's the strong. Unless you've got an injury like a Rance, you, you don't do anything. You could honestly like this. Like, do I trade Billings for Fisher next week? Billings could drop a hundred and Fisher could drop forty. Like, that, there's too much chasing points that we don't get enough trades. It's not AFL fantasy. Supercoach. Yeah. You do not get enough trades to be using them. Uh, Noah Bufton. Should we be doing rookie correctional trades right away? Is it too early? Too early. Um, Abel Grant. Liber played well with a decent score. Do the Dogs have too many big scorers for him to average much more? No. I don't think they have too many big scorers. I, I think, though, that the, they are in a good position, though. Um, the Dogs, in terms of their midfield stocks. We spoke about this a lot in the preseason. But I think Liber's going to be able to do enough. And he's more one-dimensional as compared to some of the other players that, that should see midfield minutes up and up to, to warrant a selection. I wouldn't be surprised if the five midfielders that ranged for their top five scores this week were flipped on its head next week. Hmm? Like, that's it's roulette, at the big board roulette at the doggies, and lucky we got Liberate at 300k. Yeah, agreed. Um, off game for Oliver, or did something impact his numbers? Look at He's been, he's pretty much never, ever had an off game, has he? So I think we, we can afford to cut him some slack, can we not? I don't even think it was an off game. He still had 26 or 27 disposals. Mm. Like, it's just, it was down. It was, Melbourne were down, though. Like, that, like Melbourne was shit. That's putting it nicely. Like, they're not going to put out that every week. Port came to play, Melbourne didn't. Yeah. It's actually the reality of it sometimes, and you've, you've just got to ride these games. Um, Justin Iris, could you rank the rookies on expected score? Oh, we've just done this before. I don't have all the below, but I think the main ones plus whoever. Oh, he wants us to rank these ones. Um, I think there he is. we already done the defenders. So, Scrimshaw, Clark, Collins, Dersma, Hall. Say that again. Scrimshaw, Clark, Collins, Dersma, Hall. Clark, Dersma, Collins, Hall, Scrimshaw. Wow, you got Scrimshaw last. Only because Hall's first half was really, really bad, and he, and he finished off really well, and I hope that he can kind of carry that forward. I'm backing Collins to not have as lowly kind of possession count as he did last week, and, yeah, that, that just kind of leaves Scrimshaw last. Wow, I'm Scrimshaw. Oh, no, sorry. Clark Dersma, Scrimshaw. Um, Hall Collins, after what I've seen. I know it's very reactive, but... Not for sure. Yeah. Um, in midfield, Walsh, Butters, Constable, Scott, Atkins, Gibbons. This is really hard to do without sort of the names in front of me. Sorry, you're going to have to slow that down for me. Get it up. Walsh, Butters, Constable, Scott, Atkins, Gibbons. They're your rookies. Okay. Uh, all, yeah, okay. all my rookies, except I've got to add Atkins. Okay. Walsh, Constable, Scott, um, Butters, Atkins, Gibbons. Um, Walsh, yeah, Constable Scott, but they're like Constable Scott's like, yeah, even. Even neck and neck with Walsh too, to be honest. Uh, Atkins, oh, yeah. uh, sorry, Butters, Atkins, Gibbons. Walsh had a lot of the ball. He was a little bit underwhelming though with his use of it. I think he, did, he didn't run at a high sort of um, efficiency, just having a look now. He only went at, he went at 70, sorry, no, not 70, 54%. So, he had 24 touches. I'd assume you'll get that 54% up to sort of around the, the mid-70s, which is probably competition average. Almost fell off my chair with the territory gained, though. Yeah, I know. Look, he's, um, he's, he's interesting, that's for sure. He had a lot of rushed kicks forward, though. That, that honestly weren't good disposals. It was just... There was so much running for someone that age. I was, like, thoroughly impressed. Um... Last question, Justin Iris again. Also, a discussion of what happened with Melbourne and Gorn and Oliver. Do you guys think this will be a one-off or an ongoing thing, especially targeting tactic against Gorn? Did you catch much of that game? Because they went hard after Gorn. I, I have heard the sort of the talk back on SEN today. 
I've seen what happened kind of just before half time, but I, I don't know enough about sort of the game uh, to make to form my own opinion. But they, uh, from what I've heard though, that Gorn couldn't handle the heat when it was brought to him. But look, I don't think this is the first time. I think Gorn will bounce back. I mean, I'm not concerned by it all. And I can almost guarantee Melbourne will be flying the flag for him next week if anything happens. Yeah. I and I think when we see Gorn improve, we're going to see, you know, your Brayshaw and your Oliver and those kinds improve as well. Uh, yeah, agree. Um, do, 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 well, that's it for questions. I had Rocky and Sheed. All right, vice captain and captain this week, Bumps. What are you looking at? Uh, it's, it's never, honestly, it's never been something more obvious in my life than it's VC Rockcliffe and it's C5. Now, I don't have either player, so I can't run that in my team, but that'll be a sneak peek into my article over the weekend. But in my situation for my team, I think I have to go with VC on Crips. I think that is an absolute no-brainer. And look, to be honest, I don't even think I'm going to need a C. Um, but in the event that I do need one, I'll, I'll probably look to Danger, I think. Uh, and right now, I am VC on Cripper. Um, and looking at a lucky Neil, I think. As a captain, I think he'll do it again. I think they're going to be very... If Cunnington doesn't play too, oh, yeah. you, you can watch out there. Um, the leagues, the limo leagues. Have, oh, I should have checked the group. If you check the group, that would have had the top scorer. It would. Let me bring it up. I'll grab the leagues up. So the limo leagues, our top scorer this week was Red Snapper. Uh, the Red Snappers, sorry, and that was Noah. Noah was the gentleman who came in with the rap to get into the league, I'm pretty sure, um, with a 21.78, so 2,178. Uh, and so that's for the exotic limo league. And the Hungover League was MTM All-Stars. I'm pretty sure that's how his name's meant to be. It's all one word, so... Um, unless it's Mount Mall-Stars. With 2,206. Have you got the group there? I do. It's just, it's doing something weird where it's actually not ranking them by their overall rank. That's the worst when it does Their, their total score, yeah, their total score is just kind of a bit all over the place. Anyways, what I can see here is that we've got a team here called Sticks All-Stars, and uh, the uh, coach's name is Jason. He scored 2,340 and is ranked 30 overall. Oh. We've got and the bloke in number two is called Moist Stars um, <laughs> by the name of Lindsay. Not sure if that may or may not be a female as well. So good on her or, you know, or he or whatever they identify as, I guess, um, who's sitting at overall uh, 160. And Yorts of Snoyle, also coached by Jason, sitting at overall 251. Our league, uh, sorry, our group rather, is um, sitting 692 in the overall ranking. So let's hope we can put together a good year. Good year here. What do you reckon? Is it overall group rankings? Apparently so. Yeah. That, how biased is that? Obviously, I don't the, know. the bigger groups are gonna have higher probably, ranking. probably, okay. or maybe they do it based on average. average. I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah, that would probably make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd maybe. think anyway. But um, yeah. common sense doesn't always prevail. That's it. Anything to add? No, look, I think this is a low-key week. It's probably the most boring week in the Supercoach world, to be honest. I'm not sure if the listeners have sort of heard the lack of tone, the expression of your voice. It is because I find the end of round one, to be honest, just a bit boring. It's, yeah. it's, it's an irrelevant week, honestly, and uh, can't wait for round two to be done, and we'll kick it right back up next week when uh, we'll probably have a little bit more what we feel is advice for the listeners. Yeah, because that's it. This I was talking about the pod before. It's it's hard to to pod and, and talk about things when there's no real answers. There's that's no, right. Yeah. Because you, both of us, our opinion is that no, we shouldn't be doing anything. We just yeah. need to hold down. Yep. Um, yeah. And playing for league, we can't get excited because well, after next week it gets you know cause <laughs> that's the build up to round almost our round one for Subicoach. Well, that's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah. All right, Elitist, on behalf of Bumps and myself, peace out community, and thanks for listening.